So it's been a while since um did any recording for the podcast. Um just want to to um say hello. Welcome back to to everyone. Today is uh Tuesday. Tuesday. And um you know, one of the reasons um I was hesitant to do another podcast was because uh on my own social media platform, I was looking for some some men to um uh, to have a discussion with me about uh, male boundaries and unfortunately unfortunately I was not able to to get anybody um, interested in in doing so which is kind of ironic right when we consider all of the sexual allegations that are coming out um, against men and some women um, in uh, the entertainment industry and and other than the entertainment industry i think that uh, a lot of the attention is being put on the entertainment industry because it's easy to pinpoint um but you know truth be told uh in corporate america um you know small small businesses and and even mom and pop shops and and everywhere in between um a lot of a lot of women and some men have been the victims of sexual abuse and uh, have been the victims of someone else's uh, failure to establish uh, proper boundaries right in their own lives. And uh, it's spilled over into other people's lives. Anyway, um, I thought that this would be a great topic for for men to discuss. Right. Um, but maybe I was wrong, guys. Maybe maybe men out there. Maybe men out there aren't concerned about their their uh, their physical sexual boundaries. Maybe maybe it's not a big deal to us. Right. I mean, um, I think that if if I got the kind of the kind of response that I got, you know, saying, hey, guys, you want to get involved in this? You want to have a discussion about this? And everybody say it said no. Um, then. Wow. Or maybe I just know the wrong people, which is also actually probably a probably a bit of a problem. Right. So, um, you know, one thing that interested me um, in addition to the to the allegations was uh, something that was put out there about United States uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence, um, who, you know, if you guys are not familiar with uh, with. his personal life, you know, Mike Pence is a guy who, um, um, regarding his, his marriage has opted for very, or what some people consider to be a very conservative, uh, approach to marriage and social life. Um, in short, Mike Pence has said, you know, he doesn't want to go to parties that involve alcohol without his wife being present, uh, nor does he really care to be in the association of uh, women of, you know, without his wife being present. And, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a a fan of politics. I'm not a fan of any particular party and I'm definitely not a fan of, um, of, uh, you know, national, uh, politics as it stands. But I thought, you know, from a, from the standpoint of a, of a mentor, uh, as a man, a life coach, a friend, right? Um, You know, I was thinking, wow, um, is this something that we should 
this is something that we should be be discussing um i also saw where there were a lot of there were a lot of women and men who were very very uh hurt who were very offended by the position of like you know mike pence saying he doesn't really care to to involve himself uh with women um without his wife uh being present and it's easy it's easy to understand um how that could be sexist it really is um but i think that i think that you know one of the things that that really boggled my mind was well wait a minute if a man is trying to establish his boundaries who are we to say how he can and cannot do it you know who are we to say that okay mike you know i understand uh you don't want to interact with women like this but no it's not okay for you to, you can't do that you have to protect yourself some other way you do not get to to say um you don't want to be around these women like this that's not okay mike so i get it maybe you're worried about your marriage maybe you're worried about your your physical and sexual boundaries you've got to find some other kind of way to deal with that that's essentially what we're saying to mike and that's essentially um that's essentially you know the message that uh is being sent to men who care about their physical and sexual boundaries um I don't think, and I'm saying this as a guy, I don't think that that we men are really honest about our ability and inability in some cases to to protect ourselves from uh, sexual impropriety, right? Um, and to the people who said, well, Mike Pence is a jerk, you know, it's, he, he's got to be able to be in a room with a woman, alone with a woman and not, you know, offend her. Absolutely. I agree. He's got to be able to do that on a physical level, on a physical level. We all men should be able to do that on a physical level. What we aren't talking about, and I think this is key, what we aren't talking about is the psychological, emotional, and the spiritual components to male, in this case, heterosexual male-female attraction and interaction, right? So I can do a whole lot. You know, it doesn't require much from me to avoid physical, uh, you know, touch groping and everything else with a woman in my presence right no that's not that's an easy thing to do but how do i navigate being attracted to a woman who i shouldn't be attracted to right how do i deal with that from an emotional a spiritual a psychological standpoint and i think those are the questions that are being overlooked they're not being answered because we're so quick to talk about how we are offended by the position and again this is a backdrop to what we see happening with all these men who have extremely extremely poor physical sexual emotional psychological boundaries with women 
who have very poor boundaries with women. If we're looking at this many men who have poor boundaries with women, then how are we willing to help men establish better boundaries? Okay, how are we willing to help men establish better boundaries? And if these men have established established better boundaries, then how, not how, but are we willing to accept how they have done it? Or do we simply want to say, no, you know what, Brian, Jake, Todd, Dre, whatever, um, I don't like how you've established your your boundaries with women, so you're a chauvinist pig. Okay? You know, going back to Mike Pence again, um, Mike Pence, we don't know if he's had some type of issue with alcohol or not, but I can tell you that as a member of, uh, of a sobriety community, right, you know, you need to have an accountability partner. Everybody says that. And, and it's whether we're talking about Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous. You are urged to to establish a good relationship with accountability partner. And it does not have to be your spouse. However, it doesn't. OK, it doesn't. No one will say that it has to be. But what if it is? Then who am I or who are you or who is anyone else to tell anyone else who their accountability partner should or should not be and if it works for them or not if it works for them then we probably should leave it alone but i'm not so sure that as an american society we are really ready to have men establish their own boundaries if it means that someone else doesn't gain a benefit from it so i think that it's very very important Instead of us looking at, you know, who's been offended or if a person is a chauvinist, ask, ask some serious questions and listen to these men, man, listen to them and look at their lives. You know, I know that I've been in, you know, compromising positions with women before. I know other men have been in compromising positions with women before. In fact, that's probably why many of the people who I invited to have this discussion in the first place, that's probably why they avoided it, right? Because nobody wants to go on record saying, you know what? Yeah, mm, that wasn't the best. That wasn't the best action. That wasn't the best decision. That wasn't the best response. You know, I let my guard down or not even if I let my guard down, maybe I was just an outright creep. Okay, maybe I'm a perv and I need help. I don't know. Whatever the case is, men aren't speaking about it. They are seeing women and some men come forward with sexual allegations and they are rolling their eyes again. Right. That's what some men are doing. Some men are going, oh, who's next? Right. And the other thing I think is interesting is you've got men who are like, oh, my God, who's next? And we men don't want to consider that. You know what? We know a lot of men who have poor boundaries in our lives and we don't necessarily always say something to guys. Right. We don't necessarily always say something because we don't want to be that one odd man out. You know, the flip side of it is, as I said, you know, if we do try to establish boundaries, then what? what things we said about us. I know that, you know, being in corporate America, um, I had a policy of, you know, a lot of times if I had female assistants and what have you, I would allow my female assistants to deal with uh, a woman's, you know, 
uh, emotional uh, concerns or personal concerns that, you know, that require that, that, that suave uh, empathy, right, that I didn't possess. Sometimes it was just simply about uh, observing that a woman was trying to get extremely close to me uh, and and gain my favor because I had power, right? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to deal with that right now. I'm going to let someone else deal with that. And believe it or not, guys, I can tell you, um, there were times when I was reported for that. I was reported to the HR um, department uh, because, you know, uh, it was crazy. I was accused of being... Sorry, I was accused of having a problem with women. No, no, I don't have a problem with women, right? Actually, I like women a lot, <laughs> right? As a heterosexual male, right? But, you know, the issue was I see the game involved in it and I refuse to be a part of it. If there is a legitimate thing that I need to be involved in, then I will address that. But I'm not going to put myself in a position where I am subjected to anyone's emotional dumping ground. And the last thing I want to do as a male who's always had a helping mentality, right? Who has a background in management as well as mental health. The last thing that I wanted to do was position myself to always be an emotional dumping ground for a woman, right? I didn't want to do it for anybody, but I knew the dangers of doing it for a woman from from the standpoint of psychology right when we talk about transference i didn't want to be that person right um and these are the kinds of things that you know new york times isn't going to talk about all no publications are going to talk about uh because it's too convoluted it's too it's too uh, complex for like quick reading that everyone expects today we don't want to go that deep into things like that and we don't want to consider all of the variables but i just wanted to say something about male boundaries yeah we need to figure out what they are for each one of us but we also need to allow men the freedom to discover what they are discover what they are and as men we cannot be afraid to talk to other men about boundaries whether they are good or bad we've got to be willing to have that conversation if we don't have that conversation then other people will have that conversation for us as they seem to be having and we'll always look like the bad guy no matter what we do okay so i just want to throw that out there if you got some questions feedback by all means shoot it at me but we've got to have that discussion so moving right along um you know, over the weekend, I had a very, very uh, interesting um, set of interactions with three young African-American males. And, you know, one of the things that I want to do or try to do at the barbershop is, um, is I try to to uh, provide men with a form uh, to be heard, uh, a safe space where they can express some things that maybe, you know, uh, socially speaking, they're not really able to do so without a lot of judgment, without name calling, without, you know, without a lot of shame and what have you. And, um, one of the, what I've, what I've recognized lately is that I'm talking to the wrong crowd. I'm dealing with the wrong crowd. Um, <clears throat> you know, 
I am in my 40s now. And a lot of my associates and friends are also in their 40s. And, and to be quite honest, I, I used to bang my head up against the wall. Why aren't these guys engaging with me? Why aren't we talking about these issues? They're right here in front of our faces. Well, you know what? I've discovered that a lot of older guys, they like to practice avoidance. They like to practice avoidance. They do it on purpose. They do it on purpose. The older a man is, the older a person is, the more... Uh, concrete they become in their thinking uh, the older they are the more they become accustomed to operating along a certain uh, you know line they develop a comfort uh, a comfortability with it and alright I get it you can't teach an old dog new tricks a lot of people are living their lives like that and a lot of people have problems because of it well you know I'm at a point where I just may say you know what okay dude that's the way you are. You take your problem over there. <laughs> okay? You you can be with your problem. Do what you're doing, right? I know that for me, um something woke me up one day. Something woke my heart up one day, my spiritual heart, where I decided I couldn't live the way that I was living previously. I couldn't do it. Okay, there was something that was put in me. There were mistakes that I made. There were successes that I had. There were failures that I made. And one of the things that required, that was required of me to continue along the path of development was to share what it was, even though I didn't necessarily want to. Okay, well, I had a conversation with some, some, some men, some young males over the weekend that um was very shocking it was very shocking these three young men were you know it's day after thanksgiving and um you know one of the young men told me he said and it's friday and all we want to do is get high we're trying to find some weed we're trying to smoke it and I really, really wanted to tell you guys that these were three young African-American males from ages 18 to 22. There's a reason I'm saying that to you. I want to draw the picture. I want to I want to really, really get this right for the audience. These men, these young men said that they grew up together. They went to elementary, middle school and high school together. And that a, a day after Thanksgiving. A lot of them, they said that they were tired of their families. They didn't have to work. Some of them, a couple of them didn't have jobs. One did, but he didn't have to work. They just wanted to get high. And um, I was like, you know, okay, well, hey, I guess that sounds about right. That's what teenage males do, right? Hook up with their buddies. And I told them, I said, well, yeah, I knew it was either about women or it was or it was about weed. So as it turns out, it's about weed. <laughs> and um, I made no judgments about them, but I, I took a moment, took took some time to talk to them. And the stuff that they had to tell me, the things that they had to tell me, were were just were very very confirming. And um, we're going to share those things. I'm going to share those things with you so that you can hear what it is that's really going through the minds of young men today.
So, you know, I uh, got to talking to the guys, and as it turns out, you know, only one of them had a job. The other one, he just uh, stopped working at one place. He said it was too far uh, for him to travel every day, uh, spending a lot of money on Ubers and Lyfts to, to get there. And then the other guy said he was just in, in school, and that, you could tell that was kind of like his focus. But um, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, you guys are spending this money on this little dirty weed from this guy, you know, uh, this other kid, I guess, that they bought it from. I said, why don't you consider, like, uh, why don't you consider becoming a farmer? You live in a state where, you know, you can get a license to do that now. Like, what's up? And they were like, well, man, it costs too much to do that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does cost to go into business for yourself. But let's think about how much money you're actually literally blowing, right? <laughs> Every time you have to you know, travel across town or, or you've got to, you know, run somebody down for, you know, a couple joints, man. I mean, like, is it worth it? Why not just invest in yourself? Right. And, you know, they were like, oh, man, well, you know, I hadn't really given it uh, much thought before. I'm, I'm like, OK, well, why not? And, um, you know, one of the guys said, well, you know what, honestly, man, I don't know if my mom would I don't know if my mom would approve of something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, got you. So you know that socially what you're doing may be looked at kind of weird, right? So you're, you're, you're willing to admit that, that this isn't like something that your family is going to be down with. Okay, fine. And I said, but you know, man, it's interesting you say that. It's interesting you say that because, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to be a young man today, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, guys are like, man, no doubt. And I said, and I'm not you guys' age anymore, but I, I remember. And, um, you know, uh, I know that you guys have a lot of expectations and it can be fairly difficult. And, you know, one of the kids, one of the kids went ahead and said, hey, look, you know what, man, it's kind of messed up for me because, you know, I'm looking at the Internet for all of my to do's and not to do's now. Like, you know, the Internet is showing me how to treat a woman. The Internet, the Internet is giving me my news. The Internet is showing me how I'm supposed to respond to everything. I mean, the Internet is my mentor. And this is a young kid. This is like a 20 year old kid saying this, that the Internet is my mentor. The Internet is my example. And he was like, and I don't I'm not really comfortable with that. And I said, but man, let me ask you a question. He says, what? Sure. This is the first time that you have thought this, right? He says, no. I said, but is it the first time that you've actually said it out loud with your friends around? He said, yeah. And the scary part about that is these are friends that he grew up with. Remember, I said they went to elementary school. They went to middle school. They went to high school together. And he had previously been afraid to admit that he didn't want to have to live up to what he saw on the Internet. And I want to tell you, you listeners, that's very, very common, believe it or not. It's very common for young adults to be trying to live up to the Internet. Everybody's trying to 
live their lives according to hashtags. Right. We have younger generations of people who are living their lives according to hashtags all over the Internet. And while these hashtags have done a lot for advertising, it's done a lot for steering people's beliefs, their perspectives, their minds. And that's extremely, extremely dangerous. And that young man said, you know, some days, in fact, a lot of days, I feel really, really lost as a result. And I thought to myself, wow, I wondered if his his friends were getting ready to alienate him because he's making this kind of disclosure as a young person, you know, uh, and socially is that something that we should be doing? I mean, older men aren't even doing that, right? And, you know, since older men aren't even making those self-disclosures like that, I'm just thinking, oh, they're going to beat the crap out this kid when they leave, man. They're just going to, like, smash you. We <laughs> read about him on the Internet. No, no, that's not funny. But, you know, as soon as he got done talking, uh, one of his other friends said, hey, you know what, sir? He's extremely right. You know, he said, man, I have been in two relationships and, you know, our conversations were primarily based on memes um, that, you know, I was sending her or she was sending me on our phones. And, okay, here's a meme that expresses how I feel. And here's a meme that expresses how I feel. Here's this is how I want us to be. And this is how I want us to be. What would you do if this happened? Or, you know, he was like, sometimes there would be some type of argument or whatever. And then here's a meme that either continues the argument or attempts to quell and squash the argument. And he was like, and that's kind of how we interacted with each other. And a lot of he was like a lot of our other friends, they interact with each other you know like that too and he was like it's just too hard to keep up with all of that he's like i don't want to wake up in the morning look at my phone to see what time it is and now you know I've, i'm on instagram and i'm on facebook and i'm on snapchat you know and and before you know it the stuff that i was supposed to get up and do i haven't even done in fact i don't i don't want to do anymore because what i've seen on the internet among my peers has made me feel like a piece of crap has made me feel like a piece of crap. And, you know, I, I want, I don't want my life to be like that. And I was like, wow. Okay. What do you want your life to be? And he said, I don't know, but maybe that's the problem. He was like, because, because I don't know what I want my life to be. The internet, I'm, it's just telling me what I wanted to be. And he was like, I, you know, I got mom. I don't, I don't have a lot of leadership in my, in my family. My mom, you know, my mom is God, right? You know, don't, don't dare piss God off in your family because you know, hell, what does that mean? And this is, this is a 20 something year old man saying this, you know, uh, boy, man, you guys get it. Young dude, you know? And, uh, he was like, I, I don't know a whole lot of men. In fact, he was like, sir, I can't tell you when I've even had this kind of conversation with a man before in my life. You know, and he was like, 
And that's sad. And all three of the guys said, man, you know what? Hell, that's the case for all of us. And and the last young man, he even said, you know, I feel that same way. And I got my dad at home. And me and my dad don't even talk like this. You see? I said, why, do you, why don't you think you and your dad talk like this? And he said, man, my dad, he's working. He's hanging out with his buddies. Or he's telling me how I need to be without showing me how I need to be, without spending time with me. And, well, that doesn't do a whole lot for me. You know, it doesn't. Because we're not actually... I'm not learning from him. He's not learning about me. I'm just being dictated to. And I'm being dictated to, again, I'm getting instructions from him. I don't know where he got those instructions from. He's not telling me where he's got those instructions from. He's just telling me what the instructions are and that I need to do it. And I have no understanding, no clear sight about it. And so I also feel the same way despite having my dad around. You know, and guys... Again, it's extremely important for us to hear what these young people are saying, because a lot of times we see the mistake that a young person makes. You know, they end up in the news. They committed some crime. And and now we're ready to either judge them or judge the parents. And I think that all of us have been complicit because there are many of us who have been down the road, down the paths of these young men. And we're not honest. And many of us are steering these young men down these paths. And we are not honest about it. We can't say we just don't know how to get there. So, you know, we all have to really, really look at it. And I thought it was it was amazing that these young men, they didn't have a filter. You know, older men, like they got a filter. I got to I got to be careful with what I say because I don't want to be judged. I got to be careful with what I say, because if I say too much, he's going to think about me like this. Or if I say too much, he's going to one up me or have an advantage over me. All of that kind of nonsense. You know, men think that way. It's part of some men's egotistical survival mechanisms that they have. OK, well, these young men, they were not that they weren't that. And that's extremely telling. You know, you can learn a lot from the mouth of babies. You can learn a lot from the mouth of babies. And one of the things that I learned in talking to these young men is that you old guys, unless y'all are going to be 100 percent authentic with yourselves, with your wives, with your families, with your children. Y'all, you know what? Just go ahead and make yourself obsolete because that's what you're doing. Anybody, any of us. Who are not being completely authentic with ourselves and with the people in our lives. We're making ourselves obsolete. The youth of today and the way that our society is moving. The direction that our society is moving. um, Society has an appreciation today for no filter. Society is developing, developing an appreciation today for no filter. They want to people. They want to hear people say how they feel. They want to hear people say what they think. They want to see people stand on something, make a decision. And so what if it was a bad decision? You freaking made a decision. Right. 
But there are a whole lot of us who are using excuses about how we were raised so that we don't make a decision or what we think somebody, how we think somebody is going to react in our lives so we don't make a decision. And I remember, you know, um, um, someone saying to me, you know, hey, look, you know, that squirrel that got his butt flattened in the street. Yeah, that's the squirrel that didn't make a decision. You think he made a decision, but he really did. He got as far as the street. You know, he got there and couldn't determine what was next. You know, I guess. I don't know. I could say he made a decision. It just wasn't a good one. And he got hit. Nevertheless, look, guys, these young men need men around who are opening up their lives. Seriously, seriously. If you have had addiction in your life, if you've had abuse in your life, if you've had infidelity in your life, if you have had you know, uh, successes and failures in your lives, if you've lost jobs and gained jobs and made good decisions and bad decisions and all that kind of stuff, this is what these young men need to hear and they need to see. This is what's going to help men become better men. Men aren't going to become better men just for a woman's vagina. That's going to be short-lived. Okay, because there are a whole lot of men who are in their 40s who try to do that. It still ain't working out for them. (laughs) Men will become better men when they have other men around them trying to do the same thing. Iron sharpens iron. I can't say it enough. Okay, if we continue to hide who we are, if we continue to apply filter after filter after filter after filter on top of filter, right, then these young men who are becoming our future will be destined for a bad future. They'll will look up in 20 years, you know, right? In 30 years, and they'll be us all over again. Us all over again. You know, what's the use in having the sins of the father repeated for three generations? Why do we have to live that out? You know, there are certain things that are prophetic in a good way and there are certain things that are prophetic in a bad way and you should not want the young men who are 20 years younger than you to make the same mistakes that you made but if we don't have a a a true presence around these men if we don't develop ourselves and have a true presence around these men they will be what we were and that'll be sad That'll be very, very sad. But that was the conversation that I had with them. It was an amazing conversation, absolutely amazing conversation. And, um, you know, I hope that I will see them again because I got it a lot from them. And I'll I'll leave it at that right now. I may revisit this story about the young men later. Uh, but the last thing that I want to talk about. Uh, and, I, and I know I'm not alone, but I want to talk about social media, Facebook and things like that for a minute. Hey, guys, look, a lot of people don't read anymore. Right. We'll scroll through a lot of stuff, you know, click, 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 click. But we don't actually read. We're on social media. And the same thing that, you know, dads and granddads used to do with the TV remote, the clicker, just click, click, click click we're doing that with social media and we're missing some things and one of the things that came to light a few weeks ago and it's still it's growing now is you know a lot of people who were originally involved in uh facebook and putting together facebook they have jettisoned facebook they're not involved with the company they 
they do not even have uh, Facebook accounts anymore and stuff like that. And they talk about why. They talk about why. And uh, I have been, um, you know, kind of scaling back my presence on Facebook, my personal page anyway, um, you know, and uh, not interacting with people as much because I see uh, that there is a there's a pattern of behavior that tends to develop uh, on, on Facebook. And I think that it's actually detrimental to uh, society's development and our individual development uh, for me. You know, um, I'm always, you know, I'd be scrolling through something, looking for something of value. Right. And it's just a lot of hum, blum, blum. I don't know what what I would even call it. Um, but, you know, there's a whole lot of activism. Activism is sexy. Right. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of emotionalism. I guess some people think that's sexy, too. And then there's also like over intellectualism. Whoa, what is that? Right. And that's basically where people hide who they are behind, you know, big words behind, um, you know, academic topics. And it's not to say people can't be complex because I believe that each human being is a complex being. But there's a difference between being a complex being and someone uh, trying to to uh to you know put the cosmetics on all the time and excuse me i think that social media is getting to the point where it's steering our behavior it's steering our conversations and it's steering us away from being human with other people in our lives a lot of times uh Obviously, a lot of us, in order to get on social media, we've got to be holding our phones to do so. Very few people are on, you know, laptops and and desktop computers anymore. Um, And in order to be on our phones, you know, a lot of us end up fubbing somebody in our lives. There are people standing across from us, people sitting next to us. And we're on social media and we're not even really paying attention to the people on social media and we're not really paying attention to the people who are physically present right next to us either right but no matter what whatever we see you know whatever we hear it has an imprint on our psyche i believe that and i think that a lot of those things that we see and we hear coming out of social media Um, are detrimental to us. Yes, there are people who use it for positivity, you know, but even positivity is a is is a is a mind state. Right. And um, it can change. Nobody's expected to be a positive person all the time. But, um, you know, I have a friend who is a psychologist. And one of the things that he often tells uh, uh, talks about is, um, hey, if you if you are battling depression, the last thing you want to do is be on social media, right? You know, it's just because you can take in so much crap and feel a lot crappier afterward. Who wants to go through that? Um, but I think that, um, you know, if you guys are unfamiliar with some of the original creators of Facebook uh, are saying, look it up. You'll be very, very shocked by it. Um You know, and then learn a little bit more about computer language and algorithms, because these things are extremely important and they're informing 
how we form our views about things that may actually be extremely, extremely limiting for the human experience. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm going to sign off. I know that everybody's got stuff to do and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back soon with uh, some other great info. And I'll I'll leave it at that right now. I may revisit this story about the young men later. Uh, but the last thing I want to talk about, uh, and, I, and I know I'm not alone, but I want to talk about social media, Facebook and things like that for a minute. Hey, guys, look, a lot of people don't read anymore. Right. We'll scroll through a lot of stuff, you know, click, 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 click. But we don't actually read. We're on social media. And the same thing that, you know, dads and granddads used to do with the TV remote, the clicker, just click, click, click click we're doing that with social media and we're missing some things and one of the things that came to light a few weeks ago and it's still it's growing now is you know a lot of people who were originally involved in uh facebook and putting together facebook they have jettisoned facebook they're not involved with the company they they do not even have uh facebook accounts anymore and stuff like that and they talk about why they talk about why and uh i have been um you know, kind of scaling back my presence on Facebook, my personal page anyway, um, you know, and uh, not interacting with people as much because I see uh, that there is a there's a pattern of behavior that tends to develop uh, on, on Facebook. And I think that it's actually detrimental to uh, society's development and our individual development uh, for me. You know, um, I'm always, you know, I'd be scrolling through something, looking for something of value. Right. And it's just a lot of hum, blum, blum. I don't know what what I would even call it. Um, but, you know, there's a whole lot of activism. Activism is sexy. Right. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of emotionalism. I guess some people think that's sexy, too. And then there's also like over intellectualism. Whoa, what is that? Right. And that's basically where people hide who they are behind, you know, big words behind, um, you know, academic topics. And it's not to say people can't be complex because I believe that each human being is a complex being. But there's a difference between being a complex being and someone uh, trying to to uh to you know put the cosmetics on all the time and excuse me i think that social media is getting to the point where it's steering our behavior it's steering our conversations and it's steering us away from being human with other people in our lives a lot of times uh Obviously, a lot of us, in order to get on social media, we've got to be holding our phones to do so. Very few people are on, you know, laptops and and desktop computers anymore. Um, And in order to be on our phones, you know, a lot of us end up fubbing somebody in our lives. There are people standing across from us, people sitting next to us. And we're on social media and we're not even really paying attention to the people on social media and we're not really paying attention to the people who are physically present right next to us either right but no matter what whatever we see you know whatever we hear it has an imprint on our psyche i believe that and i think that a lot of those things that we see and we hear coming out of social media 
um, are detrimental to us. Yes, there are people who use it for positivity, you know, but even positivity is a is is a is a mind state. Right. And um, it can change. Nobody's expected to be a positive person all the time. But, um, you know, I have a friend who is a psychologist. And one of the things that he often tells uh, uh, talks about is, um, hey, if you if you are battling depression, the last thing you want to do is be on social media. Right. You know, it's just because you can take in so much crap and feel a lot crappier afterward. Who wants to go through that? Um, but I think that, um, you know, if you guys are unfamiliar with some of the original creators of Facebook uh, are saying, look it up, you'll be very, very shocked by it, um, you know, and then learn a little bit more about computer language and algorithms, because these things are extremely important and they're informing how we form our views about things that may actually be extremely, extremely limiting for the human experience. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm going to sign off. I know that everybody's got stuff to do and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back soon with uh, some other great info.